you're listening to Bonnie and Maud, uh, the film podcast. I'm your host, Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Ksenia Yarosh. And today we are doing what I believe will be the first of probably many episodes about (laughs) B-movies. Yes. And that wonderful genre of movies that includes exploitation films Mm -hmm. and low-budget horror, low-budget thrillers and action. Sure. And films that are generally uh, so bad that they're good. Yes. Which is a specialty of mine, since I co-write I Love Bad Movies. But today, specifically, we're going to be talking about Andy Sedaris, not related to the other Sedaris, and uh, his film Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yes. So Andy Sedaris started out as a sports broadcaster for ABC. He directed a lot of uh, ABC's Wide World of Sports and other broadcasts Mm -hmm. like that. He won seven Emmys. He ended up directing the 1969 Summer Olympics broadcast and winning an Emmy for that. Yeah. And looking at all those hard bodies... Gave I think him gave some him ideas. Idea. <laughs> so he finally was ans- able to answer his true calling um, and started the family business with his wife Arlene as producer. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, was making schlocky, breast-filled, cult, <laughs> exploitation B-movies starring Playboy Playmates. Yes. Originally, he was partnering with um, uh, Playboy's... Um, what is his name? Jeez. Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. But I guess Hugh felt that the movies maybe had too much action. Like, he wanted the girls to look beautiful. And as far as uh, Sedaris's wife explained at a recent screening of Hard Ticket, I guess um, Andy wanted more action and he, like, wanted them to look a little more rough than Hugh was comfortable with. So the partnership didn't work out even though Andy continued to work with the Playmates. We should say this is in the 80s, and mostly he worked in the 80s. Yes. And his movies have this very 80s, tan, big hair, sculpted body feel. And that's, you know, mostly came out because he filmed most of his films in, like, exotic locations in Hawaii, in California, in Malibu, Mm -hmm. all on location. I think Um, Hawaii was a primary one. I think he was really fond of it. I wonder why. It looked beautiful, and it allowed the ladies to take their clothes off. Exactly. So uh, let's talk a bit about Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I think mm-hmm. it comes in a period of Sedaris's films known as Bullets, Bombs, and Babes. Mm-hmm. And um, it also falls under the category of Girls with Guns, which is this subgenre of action films started in Hong Kong and Japan in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. sort of like an anime manga uh, genre, these tough okay. women who yeah. like to... F shit up and uh, know a lot of martial arts. And um, that was sort of westernized in the 70s and 80s with mm-hmm. exploitation films like La Femme Nikita, Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. Tarantino borrows a lot from that for Kill Bill and um, Jackie yeah. Brown. And um, Sedaris is very much of this genre. Um, you could even count something like Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, or uh, Soderbergh's recent Haywire in this genre. Huh. It's basically showing. I mean, th- that's pretty broad. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's showing this tough female protagonist, uh-huh. um, but at least in my opinion, she's still ultimately objectified by the viewers and the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so hard ticket, your thoughts. Um, well, let's just go over it briefly. There's not 
a huge story, but there is sort of a story that continues through a lot of Sedaris movies where it's primarily these two women who run um, Malachi Cargo, and um, which is a courier service. They fly planes, which is sort of impressive. Um, and, um, you know, they have this dangerous snake that they need to deliver. Um, and then there's some bad guys after them. They discover diamonds. They have to fight the bad guys and the snake. Um, basically, there's a pretty good <laughs> cut up on YouTube, which is like the 10 minutes of the best scenes from Hard Ticket to Hawaii. So pause this podcast. Exactly. Get on YouTube. We'll actually post a link on our Tumblr. So watch this about 10 minutes, you said, and you'll know enough to be able to follow our conversation if you have not seen exactly. this movie or it any show, of It shows films. the highlights. What it doesn't show is all the nudity. Oh, yes. And um, I should say when I was watching this movie, I decided that, you know, you sort of warned me that Sedaris's <laughs> films are somewhat sexist. Um, I didn't know the extent did, did to I which. Did I say that? <laughs> you, you did. You mentioned it. Um, so I'm flipping through my notebook because of what I decided to do was write down every instance of, like, some sort of objectifying or exploitative mm-hmm. thing in the movie and um the first breasts are at one minute and 25 seconds into the film oh yeah and that's that's naked breasts i mean the first shot is of a bikini clad woman uh-huh getting out of water and having her way with her man yeah anyway but the plot you were saying yeah um so these women oh okay i guess a key thing that is important throughout these movies is they work for the federal government, which they keep repeating and I guess sort of um, explains why they're allowed to kill the bad guys, sort of. Um, and in this case, the women work for the drug department. Yeah, I think they're undercover DEA agents. Yeah. Um, Except my theory is that it's all a delusion and they don't actually work for the federal government. It's all in their minds um, because they don't actually seem to do anything by the book. And all the drug traffickers that they encounter, they kill and no one is arrested. And then in the end, one of the girls actually keeps the diamonds, which used to belong to the drug dealers. Was this the first time you saw this movie? You went to a double feature of two Sedaris screenings with uh, Arlene Sedaris, his yes. wife and producer of these films, yeah. um, recently. Yes. And so had you ever seen his films before? Was this your first experience with them? I saw one or two uh, thanks to um, a fellow podcaster, uh, Flophouse uh, host Dan McCoy, who's a big fan of Sedaris. Um, I don't actually remember what they were because they are so similar and things sort of blur together. This was the first time that I like consciously sat down in a movie theater and saw two of them in a row. And um, I knew approximately what was coming, but it was still a little bit of a surprise, s- some of the elements of it. Um, mm. Can you elaborate? Uh, the, for instance... The love scenes. I, I knew there would be soft core porniness, <laughs> um, but I maybe had forgotten how weirdly childish the sex scenes are. Hmm. Like, nothing quite fits together. They don't actually, like, um, 
move in a naturally sexual way. At one point uh, in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, um, the woman is sort of down on her knees in between the man's legs, but she's not in a pose that would make sense. Um, so that that was an interesting um, thing to see. <laughs> so they just kind of threw in sex scenes when... Um... It didn't necessarily like it, make sense in terms of the, the story. Yeah, my favorite instance of one is um, there's the there's the two women, mm-hmm. and then there's the two men, government agents, and yes. they're you know they're working in cahoots to save the day, mm-hmm. and one of their friends uh, who owns a bar on the island has been kidnapped. Yeah. Um. So it's the first time that the the men agents and the female agents meet mm-hmm. up and. Um, even though their friend is being held hostage and all this other shit is going on, yeah. that's the best time for them to have sex and for the other pair to get drunk. It's just like, yeah, our friend's being held hostage. Let's just go yeah. have sex. Yeah. Well, there's really no romance in these movies. I, um, So the sex is, yeah, it's just to sort of break up the story a little bit. And it's almost like a way for them to de-stress. Like sort of similar to when the women need to think things over and this is not just in Heart Ticket this is in the other Sedaris movies too they go to the jacuzzi like we need to figure out what's going on with these diamonds that we found uh let's go to the jacuzzi and think yes they think do. about this brainstorm and maybe this is the right time that I can bring up my theory about this movie Mm -hmm. is despite the sexism of the filmmaking and the objectifying eye of the camera, Mm -hmm. perhaps this is a film that is ultimately about female friendship. Because amazingly, Mm -hmm. it does pass the Bechdel test. That is very true. (laughs) Two female characters who Mm -hmm. actually have developed characters, Mm -hmm. which is step one. They appear together in the same scene and interact, Mm -hmm. and their conversations they have are about things other than men. That is very true. It's about their work. It's about how to problem solve. (laughs) There's one scene where uh, one of the women shoots the bad guy in the face, Uh and she feels really bad about it. And they noticed that this photograph of her father, who I guess had been in the oh, army, yes. broke in the scuffle. And the other friend is telling her, no, your father would have been so proud of you that you I took that shot. I love that moment. My father was the best agent this government ever had. You really miss him, don't you? Yeah. He died saving my life. You know, when I make mistakes like I did tonight, feel like I'm betraying him. Donna, your dad will be proud of you. You hit that creep in the face with one shot. Not bad. And they're, like, building each other up. And, you know, even though they think best in the jacuzzi topless together, Mm -hmm. perhaps this film is ultimately about the strength of female friendship. I would agree with that. I, I, I do think Sedaris, as much as he loved, you know, showing breasts and big explosions. Um, there are several instances of um, people using bazookas in this film. Um, I think he did want these female characters to be empowered. You know, they fly planes, they know how to shoot guns, they know martial arts, and they often protect themselves. It's not like the male characters have to step in and 
and save, the save these women, stress. which they do help occasionally. But there's also a recurring joke um, in Hard Ticket and um, some of the other films where the men have trouble using guns, which I think is sort of amusing. Right. And in the final or the near final scene, it's one of the women who saves the day by mm-hmm. fighting. Her name is Donna. You mm-hmm. can give her a name. Yes. Uh, Donna is fighting with sort of the big bad henchman uh, in her apartment. Maybe uh, Tony Scott and Tarantino were looking at that mm-hmm. when they conceived of the Patricia Arquette, James Gandolfini fight in True Romance, because uh-huh. it reminded me a lot about that of that scene. You know, the assassin comes to try to kill her and she ultimately wins. Yeah. Um, and kind of kicks ass. And the women are kind of badass in this movie. I mean, I do want to reiterate that so much of this movie is extremely sexist. Most of the lines from most of the men are demeaning and making fun of women. There's that one line where it's um, a woman is walking away from what is about to be a murder. um, And the lead character says, hey, nice ass. But then again, she follows up with, you too, Pilgrim. So as sexist as this is, what I appreciate is it's pretty even-handed. The men are sort of the same level of, I don't know if bimbo is the right word, but kind of airheads Mm -hmm. as the ladies. Equal opportunity exploitation. Exactly. One character, um, this guy from the restaurant, who every line he says is just terrible. Oh, I wrote man. many of them down. Mm-mm. Look at you two. Every shot a postcard. I'm going to give you the best seat in the house. Oh, and where's that? You can sit right here on my face. Why? Is your nose bigger than your dick? To be fair, though, he's mocked and he's belittled. He's not supposed to be someone we admire. He's just someone who gets in the way and says these terrible things. It's not like he ends up with the lady at the end of the movie. He's this kind of pervert whom no one likes. True. So, yes, he says a lot of sexist things. And maybe that's almost like a way to get some of those lines out is through this icky character. But um, he's not someone we're supposed to admire. True. But And the other thing is... Even though these women are, are strong, kick-ass women, they're dressed in practically nothing throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Short shorts, you know, tiny bikini tops. I understand this is Hawaii, but, but that's there's a lot of how you dress. in this movie. Especially when you're on the job. And that's one of these things that I'm struggling with with this film. Mm-hmm. You know, as I was watching it, as I was taking notes, I definitely had to get my feminist film theory textbooks off my <laughs> shelf to, like hold and like make me feel okay yeah i don't know if that's the case for all of his films and i wonder if it has to do with the fact that uh his wife was on set and was advising with certain scenes like i know that she helped choreograph some of the sex scenes um one thing to notice is that when a woman is attacked by a quote-unquote bad guy it never turn sexual it's not like he holds a knife to her neck and there's implication of him that he's going to assault her sexually interesting like they're dressed in these skimpy clothes and the bad guy grabs her but they're actually fighting we see a lot of breast or butt or whatever but he never looks at her as a sexual object per se and i 
I appreciated that. That the bad guys and their foes, the, the good guys, um, yeah. the Donna and Taryn, are seen as equals. Ultimately, what is, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with with this film is that there are so many things that are just so overtly sexist and terrible, but ultimately the film is kind of enjoyable to watch. It's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. one of these films that is, you know, of course, so bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. There's a lot of really strange things, you know? There's even that, the, the subplot with the snake. Yeah. Um, it's very sci-fi oh (laughs) yeah um is is very like snakes on a plane like you just know it's gonna attack people it's this gigantic snake and it comes out of the toilet (laughs) (laughs) what's the great line um it's uh where the hell did that snake come from do you believe up through the toilet Just when you thought it was safe to take a pee. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm really interested, though. So at the screening, um, Arlene Sedaris was there. Did anybody ask any questions about the content, about why Sedaris's films were so porny or exploitative? <laughs> or, you know, what? she is a woman working on them. I'm, what what did she talk about? I don't think they quite saw it as exploitative, especially when the audience was primarily people who have loved these films for so long. I I didn't want to, you know, be the downer. Um, She did emphasize several times that these were primarily his ideas. He wrote the scripts. um, And I, I don't know if that was her way of distancing herself a little bit. She did at one point say that part of the reason that she wanted to help produce these films and be on set every day is because of the women on set that she just, you know, wanted to be there just in case. Um, Oh, oh, and one interesting line that she mentioned, which might be in other interviews, was um, Andy at one point said, you know, people look at the screen and they see breasts, but I see money. (laughs) which she didn't delve into but is interesting to consider um well do we know how well these movies did in theaters i don't i know they have a huge cult status and part of it is just because they were shown on hbo and showtime so many times and they were made for really low budget yeah they don't look that bad for what they are um, there are a fair amount of special effects. Yes. He's a big fan of model planes and model cars. Those come up in pretty much everything I've seen, um, which I guess is an interesting way of getting around bigger special effects. It's like, we use this remote control car to deliver this bomb instead of just, I don't know, something more elaborate. Who do you think makes up the main audience of Sedaris's fans? <laughs> Men <laughs> who I I as far as I get the sense is it's just like boys who grew up watching this late night on Showtime. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of nostalgia for 
you know, before you could easily access pornography online, you could see glimpses of sometimes full shots of breasts. Um, and I, I think they have that sort of affection of early adolescence. Yeah. Yeah. There's softcore, you know, nudity, but nothing hardcore, nothing expressly pornographic, at least in this film. What was the other one you saw at the screening? Picasso Trigger. It has some of the same characters, same setting. We actually go back to the same restaurant. And the actresses, uh, Donna Spear and Hope Marie Carlton, who played Donna and Taryn Mm -hmm. in Hard Ticket, are in a lot of other Sedaris films playing these characters, Donna and Taryn. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They sort of continue their story. Yeah. I, I sort of think of his movies as episodic. They're not sequels per se, but it's like these different adventures that these women go on. Yeah. I mean, we touched on this a little bit earlier, um, this idea of empowerment. Mm -hmm. You know, you watch these women, you know, the camera zeroes in on their breasts as they're running, um, but they're ultimately kicking ass and saving the day. And And they, they rarely use their sexuality. I guess that's what's so confusing is you see them, like... You see so much of their bodies, but they don't use, they don't seduce people only to kill them. Exactly. And that that's a rare combination. Like they have sex with their fellow FBI partners, um, which seem to be mutually satisfying relationships, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see these, these as being like really long-term relationships, but I mean, I guess long-term sexual relationships. I don't know about emotionally involved. Um, but you're right. They don't They don't use their sexuality to get ahead. Yeah. Unless you count their outfits. But if we don't count their outfits, they don't really do that. Yeah. There are a lot of ideas about how a woman should be mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> Donna, these early morning hours are killing me. Drug enforcement agents can't afford to get soft. I'm supposed to be soft. I'm a woman. If it wasn't for this arrangement, you'd be a dead woman. Um, Donna was telling her she needs to be tough. She needs to toughen up and Mm. um, uh, get buff and sort of firm up her body in order to partake in these battles. And, you know, there's a later scene where their phone line gets cut and she's saying, oh, I fixed it myself. Yes, with tools. No, I've never been mistaken for a man, have you? Yeah. To the man on the phone. Yeah. Um... There's this idea that, you know, women should not know how to use guns. They should be soft. They should be submissive. And Donna and Taryn, the two friends, the two (laughs) best friends who support each other, are trying to prove this wrong. Buddy movie. Yes. (laughs) Can I just point out another part that I just loved so much? So, okay, I need to take you through my notes here. Yes. Um... This woman gets out of the pool and, mm-hmm. and meets Michelle, mm-hmm. the bartender from the restaurant, in the ladies' room and says, Oh, yes. Michelle, look at you. You're losing your shape. You've got to exercise every day to keep these little puppies firm. Yes, I know. A healthy body and mind are very important. I see you're uh, halfway there. Thanks. Keep firm, Michelle. Good rest are a great asset. Well, thanks, honey. I needed that. Is Michelle a drag queen? And two seconds later, yes! 
The drag queen uh, part of the story was pretty interesting. We, when we first see this character, we really zoom in on his, her face, and there's a lot of makeup, and I didn't know what that was about. Like, what is that supposed to indicate that this person has, like, is hiding something? Um, yeah, and I wasn't sure that she was a drag queen until until then. It was revealed yeah. that uh, Michelle is actually Michael, who is one of the henchmen. Yes. And Michael seems to enjoy it. And <laughs> I don't think Sedaris invites the viewer to judge Michael for this. I think it just happens to be part of his personality. I, I was waiting for some dig, like for them to mock him uh, once it's revealed that he is the female bartender, um, female dressed, I guess. But yeah, the only little thing that we hear is um, later on when there's actually, you know, a, a real battle, a shootout between the ladies and the bad guys. Um, one of one of the women says... Um, that wannabe female bartender practically ran into my arm. So that was the only real mention, and it wasn't, and it wasn't offensive. It wasn't like they called him some terrible word or really, you know, questioned his sexuality or him as a man. It was just that's something a that reference. he does. Yeah, it could be that Michael dressed in drag to go undercover only. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of tools. Like you don't buy. Um, you know, additional, uh, what are they called? Those fake eyelashes and like, I just don't think you have that lying around unless you're a professional. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, and he was convincing enough that all the women around him believed that he was actually a woman. Exactly. Sedaris does not invite us to chide or make fun of this person. Yeah. It wasn't a joke. It was a twist to the storyline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's sexuality is kind of fluid, it seems. You know, the women bathe naked together. Mm -hmm. The men rarely wear shirts and sort of, like, you know, slap each other on the back for, you know, good show. There's a lot of wrestling um, and sort of, like, close contact martial arts. And Mm -hmm. never once is it sort of, are we invited to wonder. It's just, this is how these people interact. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, of course, maybe most likely Sedaris put two topless women together in a jacuzzi to titillate his mm-hmm. young adolescent audience. Um, but I'm trying to find something <laughs> deeper and a little bit more sex positive in this. I don't know if I'm succeeding. Um, I, I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> um, I don't know why I feel the need to stand up for this movie. You don't, you don't have to. Um... I originally suggested watching this because I appreciate how upfront it is about its babes and guns, etc. Um, versus so many other higher budget movies where they're all the same elements, babes and guns, etc. But um, they're pretending to be smarter and more complex than they really are. Even Tomb Raider. Like, it's this woman who is an anthropologist, right? Except all like, all we see in the posters and so much of the movie, like, the emphasis is on her breasts and her butt. So maybe that's why we're, <laughs> we're 
we're defending Sedaris. I do kind of want to see more of his films, and I think that we should definitely um, do more episodes mm-hmm. about B movies. Yes, because it's a big it's a big area to explore. Yeah. What other things did you like or not like about the movie? It is so silly. I'm not a big fan of action, but the action scenes are so ridiculous um, that I just could not look away. Um, There is an astounding scene uh, with a guy, an an older guy, on a skateboard who shoots at our lead male leads, or... Rowdy is one of the guy's names. Yes. I did want to mention that Ron Moss, the guy that plays him, um, is a a star on Bold and the Beautiful, the soap opera, for like 25 years. He's been in almost 2,500 episodes. He's pretty hunky. It makes sense. He does. He has a really goofy grin. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so the skateboarder is uh, shooting at our leads, and uh, he's holding a sex doll while he doesn't. I don't know why. Why? For I don't. You don't need to know. It's like for protection, for distraction. I thought to hide the gun, maybe. Rowdy shoots at him with a bazooka, and it is so beautiful. Like he does this <laughs> kick in the air. It's kind of he must be a dancer, um, <laughs> and uh, his whole body explodes. <laughs> and then uh, Rowdy also shoots at the sex doll as like a final. F you or whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't know what the goal of that is, but it's just, it's so beautiful. And so amazingly silly. Yes. And that scene you can find on YouTube easily, or you should really watch the whole movie. I guess that's one of the reasons that I really did enjoy this film is because action scenes like those were really, really funny. Mm -hmm. You know, the barbs that they would just throw back and forth to each other. Yes. Um, You know... They try to have these, like, one-liners, and they're so, they're amazingly silly. Yeah. And it's what makes, you know, that's why we love bad movies. Yes. It's the, it's the crazy, crazy lines and how serious they are about it. The question of, did they actually think this was great, or do they know that this is ridiculous? Yeah. Um, finally, there's a bad guy who loves throwing frisbees, and he will even put down his gun in order to play a good game of frisbee. And that is his downfall. That is his ultimate downfall. Maybe I shouldn't actually get into what happens to him, but it's kind of amazing. All I want to say is if you're ever in the park and there's a frisbee with razor blades all around it, maybe not a good idea to try to catch it. Yeah, let that one go. (laughs) I did love that so much. Yes. So I feel like we've sufficiently delved deeper than, and maybe anyone has delved deeper before into uh, the feminist undertones or <laughs> non-feminist undertones of an Andy Sedaris film. Um, but yeah, we'd love to also hear what you thought of it. So please get in touch with us. Um, mm-hmm. Bonnie and Maud is our Twitter handle. We also have a Tumblr. We're also on Facebook where you can find our latest episode listings and other things that we're thinking and talking about. Right, and um, I feel very conflicted now about this movie. (laughs) This is not exactly how I thought the conversation would go. I'm going to sleep with my feminist film theory books under my pillow tonight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. This has been Bonnie and Maude. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yorosh. Bye.